How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Um, it's been a, a, a rough couple of weeks, but there's been some bright spots mixed in there. And one of those bright spots is joining us today on the show, as you guys saw in the in the teaser video that Owen put together. There he is. It's uh, Elijah Collins joining us today. Eli, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys? We're Good, fa- man. Yeah. We're fantastic. How's your uh, 12th year at MSU going? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a blessing to be here for so long. I mean, I enjoy every single moment of it. Yeah, that's it's it's been great to see you continue to stay here, and um, we'll we'll talk about about the journey and all that. But it's um, not something you see often these days in the portal era of of kids staying and, and battling through. And, and last week you you saw through kind of the light at the end of the tunnel, and you you've bounced all the way back. But I guess just just starting at the beginning of sort of the earlier days of your tenure, you're one of the the longest tenured guys here. You were here when the coaching change happened. When Coach D retired, um, when there was the search, when Mel Tucker was hired, when he started, what can you tell us about those days and what was going through your head? Um, first, I guess when Coach D retired, and then when you found out Mel Tucker was your first head coach, and, and when you met him. I mean, when Coach D retired, it was more so just, well, what's going to next? Like, who's going to come in and who's going to like lead us? Because I mean, ultimately, like, we need a leader. Like, yeah, you want your team to be player led. But at the same time, you definitely need, like, a head coach, I mean, to get everybody together and get the guys going. So, I mean, that was kind of, like, the next decision. And then as far as, like, when Coach Tuck came in, I mean, it was like, okay, we have our guy. We're going to stand behind him and stand with him because, I mean, what else will we do? Like, I mean, he's coming here to change everything and make everything, I mean, for the better. Like, he wants everything to be great and to that next level. So it's like, I mean, he's trying to – really move a mountain and it's like i mean it's it's really like something that i could see him doing like i have faith in coach Tucker. i always did i mean he has faith he has faith in me so i mean that's why i've still been here that's kind of like how it's been on both ends yeah so speak speaking of faith in you um you got snaps uh against akron and maryland really after waiting so long to get to this point you know you you, you hung around you 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 battled, right? You had uh, obviously one of the, a generational running back last last year. A couple transfers brought in, and you got a chance to shine this past week. And kind of like, what does it feel like to get back to this point? I mean, it's a true blessing. If I'm being honest, I mean, playing football is something that I've done for a very long time since I was about the age of seven or eight, and like having maybe all come back to a circle, I mean, it's truly a blessing. I didn't I didn't know when this time or moment would come, but I mean I just kept pressing on and kept chopping and I was here. So Eli, uh, speaking of you, you waiting your turn to get back to to the player like we all knew you were and it was so familiar seeing you out there last week. Just the great vision you have, the patience you have getting every yard out there. Um, it took a while for you to get back to this point. Can you take us behind your reasoning for you having this patience instead of transferring like we've seen other guys do? So what was your rationale for staying at Michigan State and letting this day come? 
where Michigan State has been my home, and like I've seen no other place as a home as such. Like I can't tell you like where I would be if I wasn't a transfer portal, or like I can talk to any coaches or talk to anybody. So it's like if I was to hop in the transfer portal, I wouldn't know where to go. It would be very uncertain. And it's like one thing I knew for sure was that Michigan State was my home, and I never saw it as anything else, regardless of who was the coach or what was happening. Like I knew I was going to be a Spartan until the end, until I finished what I had to do here. This, guy, this, young man, this young man's a U of D kid. He's a, he's a Detroit kid, home, young man, homegrown. He ain't going anywhere, you know? It's different. When you're from here and you're grow, born and raised here, home is home. And so I think the transfer portal means a little bit different, quite yeah. frankly. Unfinished business. And really, you know, really nobody, nobody could have blamed you if, you if you entered the portal, but you, you stuck through it. And we're glad you did. It was a pleasure watching you in high school. I remember watching you against De La Salle uh, back when you were playing back in the day, and I said, this, could, this young man's going to be special. Um, just talking about you know, your journey and stuff uh, and different coaches and different um, programs you've been with, you know, what is the biggest difference, say, between uh, Coach D and, 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 and Coach Tucker? The biggest difference, I would have to say, is that's I mean, you can just kind of just feel like a little bit more juice with Coach Tucker. As like, you feel me? It yeah. was towards the end of Coach D's era and then the beginning of Coach Tuck. So, I mean, like, he came in with the relentless attitude and the fire that, like, I haven't seen, you feel me, in a long time. Like, Coach D still had that fire. He still had the great enthusiasm. He was still getting things done. But it's like, I mean, it's always time, you know. Like, time is the biggest testament to everything. So, like. I mean, after a while, like, his time had ended here. And then right. when Coach Tuck came in, he brought that juice and that fire that everybody kind of was looking for. And it really, I mean, as you can see, it really went well with the team. As previously, we've done great things and looking to do great things as well this year. Yeah, definitely. That's, um, it's, uh, yeah, every, every coach has their own different style, and there's no right or wrong way. But I think uh, everyone can agree that, like, Coach Tucker has a lot of juice. He came in with a relentless mindset. But, uh, talking about last year, um, so skipping into Coach Tucker's second year here, what was it like for you to see Michigan State win 11 games? Because um, when since you've been here at Michigan State, I don't believe they've had that kind of a success. So for you to see that finally, what was that like for you wearing that jersey and seeing this team achieve all those all those team goals? I mean, it was definitely like I opened their eyes, like like the sky was the limit. You know what I'm saying, like. We can do anything that we put our mind to and, like, put our team, bring our team together and do. Like, truthfully, like, seeing it happen, it was, it was, it was like, wow, like, I want to be a bigger, like, factor to that. Like, you know what I'm mm. saying? Like, seeing all of that happen, like, it's like, well, what can I do to, like, try to bring that back to Michigan State? Because, like, I mean, honestly, like, you want that every year, you know? You want to win 11 games, but as of right now, we haven't been on that path but at the same time it's no telling like where our path is right now like I mean we, we look to like have a great rest of the season so it's the idea of like what can I do to help my team win and it's like I'll do anything if I'm being honest like and that's kind of how it was last year like, even though I didn't have a big big role I mean I was still being contributed to the team leading where I can doing what I can to make the team better so I mean Honestly, just seeing all of that happen was really just like a blueprint. It kind of gave me like the tools and the tips and all the things that I needed to 
you feel me, do what was best for my team. Yeah. So being a former player, when adversity hits a team, I just know how hard it is with that avalanche. When you lose one, two, three in a row, football is not fun that week. It's, it's just not fun. And it really requires a lot of leadership, a lot of togetherness. And as Coach Perlis used to say, you know, tough times don't last, tough people do. Um, what has this last three weeks have been like? And, you know, how do we right the ship? And what's the attitude been like at practice? I mean, it starts with us. Like, it's nobody else. You can't point your finger at anyone or anything. Cause, I mean, we all seen the tape. We all watch the film. And it's like, we see where we made mistakes. And honestly, we want to correct them and build upon that. Like, like we always say, like, we want to stack. So let's be honest, like, after each game, we're stacking, we're stacking. Either it's in the weight room, the film, on the field, whatever we can, we, we want to stack it so that we can build that up and have that be a focal point instead of a weak spot. So, Eli, compared to, compared to when you were kind of the top dog here in 2019, team's leading rusher, all the way to now, what would you say um, has changed about your game or your running style or, or the way that, that you play football? Like, what is different now than before? Or I guess is nothing different. I'll leave that open-ended to you. Well, as far as, like, the change is probably, like, my decisiveness mm. as far as, like, how I'm making my runs, like, where I'm going and, like, my track and everything. Like, I'm trying to make sure I make the right read, make the right cut, and I just – like, in 2019, as, like, a little kid, I would say, uh, I've matured in my running style. Like, I'm more downhill, more physical, and I'm able to do more as a ball carrier versus just trying to make a play every single play. Like, I know what play to make rather than just having it happen to me. Yeah, so a lot of patience and, and no, no, no yards left on the field last week against Maryland. So definitely saw the same thing there. But... When you're going into these games and having this success, I got to ask you, what are you listening to before the game? Or what, what's your top five? Top five? Uh, so lately I've been into like more like music from my area. So mm-hmm. first rapper being probably Babyface Ray. He's a Detroit mm-hmm. rapper. Mm-hmm. Yep. Born and raised in Detroit. He's, I mean, if you're from Detroit or been from that area, you know who that is. Yeah. But then my second favorite rapper will actually be one of my close friends, uh, he makes a lot of music. He also does fashion as well. His name is Sheldon Hawkins. Uh, and we went to U of E together, actually. And okay. His, his music has been bubbling a little bit on on, uh, on Apple Music. And yeah. honestly, I play that almost before, like, every game. Like, I listen to mm. his whole his whole little album. And if I'm being honest, like, uh, the first song on this tape is called Stars in Line, which is also produced by my other friend, Noah. Mm. And, like... I mean, I kind of like, that's kind of like the playlist that I listen to before. But also, my other friend, Nate, he also has dropped a mixtape. Okay. And I listen to his stuff also before a game because, I mean, these are my friends. Like, yeah. we're love it. And together. And we we I did love a lot it. of time together. Right. With that being said, like, the music really resonates with me. So it's like, it's easier for me to, like, yeah. really, like, tap into those, like, emotions and get into the right mode right before the game. Yeah. And then the next would have to be Lucky. He's okay. one of the upcoming rappers as well. Yeah. I'm not sure if many people know about him, but like he's kind of got that sort of like kind of like Detroit style, but it's a little different. It's a little slowed down, but like, I mean, I resonate with a lot of things that he said as well. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, it's kind of it puts you in that mode, you know? Yeah. Like I can't, I can't, I can't really explain it, but like 
Ghost probably in my top four right now. I don't really have a top five. Like Ghost songs kind of just been on repeat. I'll pick a song out of the album and let it just play. Okay, okay. I'm disappointed you didn't put Dame Dot or Drago and Bano in there, but I mean, you got Babyface Ray in there. I know Lucky, but. I mean, I got to throw Face in there. Face is all the time. Out of the yeah, day. he is. I mean, great. honestly, yeah. if, I, if I can go with a fifth person, I would have to say it'd be Sada Baby. Okay. You you can't go wrong with Sada. But but do you see no. the love for, do you see the love for Detroit? Yeah. The hometown love. Yeah. I mean that's that's what the D does. I mean I mean he, he keeps it real. Yeah. He keeps it real and you know the UAD does that too. That's the culture that they built over there. And and it's about it's about keeping it real and, yeah. and, and I, I love that. And Detroit love, Detroit rap these days, it's it's not even just people in Detroit. That's taken off everywhere. West Coast is trying to copy the flow and down in Atlanta they're trying to trying to pull from it. But no, it's great to hear. But when are you hopping behind the mic then if you got you got friends that are producers and dropping mixtapes? I mean S- signing an like, NIL I would do it deals. For fun. I would do it for fun. Like I am not nah. I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna let them do that. They, they way better do that. They, they got it going, they got the with it. I'm I'm gonna just listen to it, you know. We, we need a feature at least if you're not dropping a whole tape. <laughs> a feature I, I could do a feature that, but it's like I don't have to really get in the studio, you know, I gotta put some work in. <laughs> well listen, we uh you're a Spartan fellow Spartan dog. We wish you the best of luck Saturday. Let's go out, right the ship, get this thing done, and, and get this thing back on track. So uh, we're so happy for your success. We wish you, especially being a Dearborn kid, right right next door, you know, um, just uh, you have a special place in my heart. So wishing you all the best, and uh, good luck Saturday, and good luck with the rest of your career. Yeah, appreciate your time, Eli. Thank you for your time. Well, Thank you. Appreciate you guys for everything. Appreciate Take the care. Call. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Take care, man. Good luck Saturday. Elijah Collins. What a, what a fine young man. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It takes a special kid to, to stay sticking out all this time. And it's good to see Mel and Ephraim Reed and Jay uh, Johnson and give him, give him those snaps last game because it's four or five weeks in and they got these two transfers to start to work through. It's easy for them to just kind of keep giving them the ball. But no, they, they're like, no, Elijah's been here. Elijah's looking good. It's, it's not a charity handout situation either. No. He earned those and he looked good. So it's um, really, really impressive to see he, for, from all sides. He ran downhill. Speaking of Mel. <clears throat> What do we got? You will always be defined on how you handle adversity, you know, how you respond to adversity, not just on the football field, but beyond, outside of football, in life, you know, how, how you, because you're going to be in adverse situations and it doesn't get any easier as you go. You know, you sit here waiting for the easy bus to come around. The, the easy bus isn't coming. It's like this in football and it's like this in life. You know, it's what's important now. We behave our way to success, which is the actions that we take. That's what creates the outcome. You know, you can't have the poor me's. That's not gonna do anything for you. You know, that's how we coach our guys. And there's no there's no secret to it. It's just, just mental toughness, it's, it's mindset, it's mental conditioning, and it's focus. And focus is a skill. The poor me's. It's mental focus, and focus is, is a skill. Couldn't, couldn't be said better, especially in, in times of adversity. Speaking of adversity, go ahead. Yeah, it's um, another um, post-loss episode here on the SD Farrell Show. This time, uh, Michigan State lost to Maryland 27-13. to um, Kind of a tale of two halves on offense. Um, 
Defense also got better towards the end, but it's. Um, I think there were some signs of improvement we can talk about. Um, but yeah, that's it's a third straight loss, and I guess we'll we'll see we'll see what happens from here. But um, Brian, want to talk get into the takeaways a bit? You know, I thought the defense played pretty well second half. You mm-hmm. know, they had one touchdown and eight drives. Yeah, uh, the last I thought, eight. Yeah. yeah, I thought you saw some changes up on defense and some of the different. Uh, front seven coverages, uh, uh, formations that we were playing on defense. We switched to 3-4, played some 3-4, did some things and kind of changed some things up. I thought uh, we did a really nice job in the second half uh, uh, locking down. And anytime you hold an explosive offense like Maryland to one touchdown on eight possessions in the second half, you just have to capitalize. And I don't don't think we did that. Yeah. And we can learn from it. Um, But, you know, I I think when we look at the offensive line, um, the way the offensive played, and you know the QB play. Obviously, we can improve in those areas. But you know, I was encouraged by the way that the defense stepped up in the second half, especially uh, you know uh, go- the goal line stance and stuff. And what were your takeaways when you watched that game, Justin? Yeah, the uh, one touchdown in the final eight drives. I I honestly didn't think that would be possible um, coming into this game. Um, Maryland was the nation's number nine offense in yards per play um, ahead of Washington and ahead of Minnesota. So I thought that this game would be worse than both of those games. And uh, that was not the case, uh, despite them not really being any healthier in the front in the front six. And um, they had a true freshman out there at safety and Jaden Mangum. So I, I definitely did not think that they would ever have um, a segment of the game where they would allow only one touchdown in the final eight drives. Um, it wasn't a perfect game by any po- by any means. Um, they made uh, some issues and they had some issues. And even in those uh, final eight drives, they allowed that huge play that eventually got stopped by the goal line in the goal line. But at the end of the day, it's how many points did you give up? And in those final eight drives, I think they gave up maybe ten. And uh, Michigan State's offense needed to score in, in those moments. Like the defense wasn't perfect, but I think the offense lost this game uh, for the team. And it's especially kind of surprising or puzzling because in the first half, Michigan State went into the locker room with 17 first downs and on pace for 500 yards. It was one of Michigan State's best halves offensively in a while. I know points-wise, it did not reflect that because there was the, there were those two killer holding calls. On on two of the first four drives and then there was a missed field goal and points wise it did not look like that but in terms of effectiveness and scheme and play calling and execution that was the best offensive half I've seen from Michigan State in quite a while and for the second half to look like that it's uh, disheartening and I know the rain picked up in the second half but that was really only an issue for two of the drives you gotta you gotta sustain some some momentum and um, it's 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 tricky. The the defense finally came through and, and the offense then just stopped uh, coming through at the same time. And that's where Coach Tucker talks about playing complementary football. Right, right. If your defense is gonna step up and hold them to one score in the second half, the offense has to step up. Special teams have to step up. Yeah, I believe we uh, we had some some yes. tough times on special teams. Yep. A missed extra point. Three different issues. Yeah. Um, they're three different people at fault. Just not something you see. Um, uh, like yeah, they had a they had a botched hold or a botched snap. They had a uh, blocked kick, so it was a, f- a blocking failure. And then they had um, the the missed uh, field goal. So it's um, that it's like uh, just a mess, I guess, the, in that regard. Yeah, but, but these these are all correct correctable right, mistakes. Right. I mean, these are all these are not talent issue mistakes. Yeah. These, these are all correctable, and so uh, you know, I know it's hard, Spartan Nation, when we lose three in a row. 
It's easy yeah. to go, it's easy to jump off the bandwagon. Very right. easy. There were some positives from this game. Um, definitely the offense needs to improve. We definitely need to get off the field on third down. I think we obviously need to run the ball better. I mm-hmm. thought the pass protection was was pretty decent. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 there's just some things that we need to clean up. Yeah. And you know, when we talk about long-term range of the program, we're still in we're still in very good shape. Um, this thing is a a little bigger rebuild than we than some anticipated. Yeah. Those of us that looked at the schedule, looked at the roster, you know, we we knew that we had, you know, some deficiencies or some areas where, where, we, where we were going to have some challenges. I mean, yeah. we, we knew that. We, yeah. we knew that. We didn't buy into the preseason hype. We, we saw that that there were some uh, deficiencies in depth, but, like, if, if Snow was still there and Henderson was still there, um, you have a coverage linebacker playing, which is changes your defense altogether. I know people don't like to talk about injuries, and they say injuries aren't, aren't, aren't excusable for what's happened. And I agree. I don't think they should have lost by that many against Minnesota. But, like, if you lose a coverage linebacker and you're replacing him with somebody. 2D lineman. Yeah, 2D lineman as well. That, that affects the pass rush. And oh. Jacoby Winman suddenly is getting double teamed because the guys replacing the injured lineman aren't helping. So there goes your pass rush. Your coverage linebacker that you have no substitute for in your depth is, is gone. And Xavier Henderson is gone. And, and it, it changes your entire defense, these, these injuries that they have. So four starters are out on defense. Name them. Right. They're, there's obviously X and Snow. Uh, Jeff Pistrowski's out. Jacob Slade is out. Uh, Chris Bogle's out. Um, so five guys that would play more than 40% of the snaps. Um, I believe um, Simeon Barrow missed one game, I think. Um, they've had uh, Maverick Hansen, I believe, out. So they've had quite a few injuries here. And um, guys like Avery Dunn, who um, before the season started, you wouldn't have guessed would have been top 10 in, in snap count. But here we are through week, uh, or I think through week four, he was top 10 in snap count. So it just kind of tells you, like, they're not going to be able to get a pass rush if guys other than Jacoby aren't getting through and he's double teamed. And if you can't get a pass rush and your best safety um, coming into the season is out and your only coverage linebacker on your roster is out, your entire defense basically does not have a chance schematically. But that doesn't excuse some of the issues. It does not. It does not excuse losing thirty-four to seven to Minnesota. But people are thinking that injuries are just some excuse. They've changed the entire complexion of this defense because of who is injured, the lack of replacements at those points so early in the rebuild, and um, it's affecting all three levels. Hate to make excuses, absolutely, because uh, we all know nobody wants to hear them. But yeah. when depth is an issue, you know, when when one third of your defense is out. That's yeah. going to be a problem. And if the front four can't get home, and if you can't put pressure on the quarterback, I don't really care who's in the back end. You're not going to cover anybody. You're just not. This yeah. game is now an offensive. Uh, it's a quarterback's game. It's, the rules are, are tilted towards the offense. And if you don't get pressure up front or get home, your back end's going to have a hard time. And I don't care if you have two All-Americans at corners. I don't yeah, care if you're All-Americans at safeties. Yeah. There, there's a, a, a tweet I put out. Um, you, can, you can go find that. It's a video. Um, Michigan State had a play where they, had, um, they disguised a, a coverage on third and six. They disguised a, a zero blitz. Um, Kendall Brooks bailed out just before, so they disguised it. It ended up just being a cross blitz. Uh, Michigan State rushed, I think, five. Um, they, they was press man coverage, so just like the fans have been wanting and just like they've done a lot of after the Washington game. All the bases were covered. There was a QB spy. Toalia had to step up in the pocket. 
and there was just a coverage bust. So like they've done all this stuff schematically, and um, it's just when the line gets when the when the pressure gets there, the coverage breaks down. When the coverage breaks down. It's it's just all sorts of stuff. It does. It all snowballs. That's the way it goes. Yeah, even when the play call is good, it's um, something else then. The play call can look great when you draw it up. Yeah. It can look fantastic. People I can drop, execute. I can drop gorgeous plays. Yep. But it's all about execution. Yep. Football is all about execution. It's all about complementary football. Exactly what Coach is talking about. Mm-hmm. And when there's breakdowns uh, up front on the defense, there's breakdowns up front, say offensively or at the quarterback position, breakdowns on special teams, that's not complimentary football. And this is what you end up with. So it's going to take time. It's going to take time. But coming into East Lansing, Owen, let's jump to the MSU takes on the Buckeyes. Coming into East Lansing is a juggernaut. Yep. Right? Coming, heading into East Lansing, 4 o'clock, MSU takes on number three, Ohio State. And uh, a prolific offense. Yeah. And, and one in which, you know, we've historically over the last few years have had a tough time defending. Yeah. Um, because of matchup issues. Because football, as you know, is all about matchups. Yeah. And so when you, when, you, when you have an offense like Ohio State does and a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback in C.J. Stroud, Stroud and, and really an explosive offense with – you know, a four by 100 relay track team as wide receivers, they're going to pose some problems come Saturday. Yeah. Can we win Saturday, Justin? Um, it's going to be tough because Ohio State has Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams uh, on the ground. Great running, great running team. They have um, some of the best um, wide receivers in the country, Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr., Jackson Smith and Jigba, Emika Abuka. They got all these guys all over the field. Um, if you stop one phase, their other phase can carry them. You stop that phase, the other phase can carry them. So their defense is much improved this year from last year after the hire of Jim Knowles, um, top 15 in a lot of metrics. So it's, it's a tough test, tough task for sure. So the keys to the game versus Ohio State, when you look at them, we go back to the same original keys, but talk about the importance of what we need to do Saturday. Yeah, this is not a a team where you can ever give them the short field. They'll score in about four plays if you turn it over in in your own side of the field. Um, And and especially the the key here is going to be to limit as many Ohio State possessions as you possibly can. So you do that by limiting turnovers and having time of possession on the clock. And... um, I know those are the basics. You want to take care of the ball. You want to run the football. We say that every game. But when you have an explosive offense, you have to try to limit how many possessions they have. So those are the first things that jump up in my mind. What about you, Ryan? I, I think, you know, you have to shorten the game. Yeah. You have to shorten the game. Um, you have to, you got, like you said, limit the explosives. If you can make Ohio State um, drive down the field in 10 and 12 plays, you have a chance. If you can run the football, you have a chance. Yeah. If you can get pressure on the quarterback, you have a chance. Yeah. If you don't do any of those things, you do not have a chance. That's just that simple. If you look at the formula where that team down the road beat them last year, they ran the ball and they brought pressure off the edges. And if you can do do those two things against the Buckeyes, we can win this game Saturday. Now, those are two big ifs. But if you can do those things and control the line of scrimmage and, and 
and really you got to get home. You got to get home, got to limit the explosives, and you have to run the ball to shorten the game. You go back to 2015, shorten the game, ran the quarterback a lot, ran the play clock down a lot to one second, two seconds, and really, really shorten the game. That's how you attack Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have to run the ball in order to do that. Um, and they're going to have to be committed to it and try it. I know fans are going to be annoyed and saying stuff like, oh, why are we running the football just after two runs failed? But no, you have to be really committed to running the football and you have to keep trying because you have to run the clock. You have to have as little, uh, as few, fewer possessions as possible against um, CJ Stroud. So got to commit to the run. QB1 has to have the best game of his career Yeah, for us to win Saturday. Yeah. QB1 has to have the best game of his career. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jacoby Winman, we need to free him up to get some pressure on the quarterback. But you're absolutely right. In a game like this, you cannot abandon the run. I don't care if it's 14 nothing. Yeah. I don't care if it's 17 nothing. Yeah. You cannot panic and abandon the run. Yeah. Because you have to shorten the game. You have to make it a one-score game going into the fourth quarter. And it requires patience. And we might give up those intermediate routes. And it might drive Spartan Nation crazy, giving up, you know, 12 yard arrow routes, 12 and outs, 10 and outs, yeah. 9 and outs. Yeah. This, this is the game where I would play that cushion coverage zone defense, but without the miscues we saw in the Washington game. In, in the Washington game, there were some issues where guys were just covering open grass and there was nobody there. And, and that can't happen. Um, I'm not a proponent of that. But I do think that that frustrating defense that a lot of people don't like, this you might have to play that this game. Yes. Because if you're having Amir Speed and, and these guys cover um, Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. by themselves man coverage down the field, what you're going to be giving up is two-play, three-play touchdown drives. You, you, might, you might have to settle for that frustrating defense this, time, this week. You know, when I look at the players to watch, it just – I get a headache. <laughs> right, you get a headache when you look at C.J. Stroud and, like you said, uh, Smith, uh, Jigba, Jigba. Yeah. and Marvin Harrison and Travion Henderson. Is he back this game? Yeah, yeah. Ryan Day said earlier today that he expects Travion Henderson back this, this game. You know, you know, those pose all kinds of matchup problems because you, you know as well as I do, football is a game of matchups. Yep. It's how do you match up against a team. You know, we matched up very well against that team down the road last year because they were run-heavy. Uh, we didn't match up very well against the Buckeyes last year because they were pass-heavy. Yep. And it was the other way around for that team down the road facing Ohio State. They matched up well because they pressured the quarterback and they ran well. Right. And so football is really all about matchups. On the defense side of the ball, you know, when you look at Denzel Burke and Zach Harrison and uh, JT uh, Tuomalo, yep. yeah, I mean, th- these are forces to be reckoned with. And as you know as well as I do, from 1 to 100, Ohio State is about as deep as it comes. In the Big Ten, yeah, it's. Um, I, I watched the Ohio State Notre Dame game again um, as a rewatch to kind of scout what they were doing. Their defense is, is so much better than last yeah. year. The stuff Jim Knowles is doing with that active defensive line, it, it, their defensive line is nothing like last year's. Last year's defensive line was getting pushed around by by Michigan and, and other opponents, and against Oregon, Oregon shredded them up the middle. This this defensive line under Jim Knowles is completely different. A whole different team. They were blowing and Notre Dame off the ball. I'm going to tell you what, though. You, you want to catch Ohio State, you play them the first game of the year. I mean, that's where you catch them, first one or two games. And then by this time of the year, yep. they're humming. I mean, they're humming. So 
they're coming to East Lansing. It's a huge task. A huge task. Can we do it? Absolutely. Football is the most fascinating game in the world. The most fast because anybody can be anybody on any given day because it requires 11 on each side of the ball to execute. It is fascinating. And it is, it is really a one-and-done environment. So, you know, do, do I count us out Saturday? Absolutely not. Do we have a history of upsetting the Buckeyes at the, at the, when, when it looked like we had no chance? Yes. Does the past matter for Saturday? No, it doesn't. But you know as well as I do, anybody can be anybody. And if we come out and play our game, we have a chance to hang in there and make it a one-score game and, and, and you know, make it very interesting in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think um, if you ask me the blueprint to how it gets done, um, which, which I think that the odds are low, but I think what, what the blueprint would be, you have to go back to your first couple of weeks in terms of the takeaways. They have to force fumbles. They have to not commit any turnovers of their own. That should contribute to them having more possessions in Ohio State. And then, like you said, Peyton Thorne has to have the best game of his career. And um, the offense is going to have to lead the way. And, and Michigan State's defense is going to have to play closer to how they did in the second half against Maryland than in any of the other quarters this year. But that's the blueprint. But I guess, like I said, we'll see how likely it is. You heard it here first. Prediction for Saturday. MSU 9, Ohio State 3. Not me. Um, that's what I'm predicting. <laughs> Take it to the bank. Jack Stone coming up big. Defense pitches a gem. That's my prediction. <laughs> All right? Jack Stone. I believe. I, you have to believe at first. You have to believe. So on to the next topic. Yeah, it's um, basketball season is around the corner. We have uh, Midnight Madness this upcoming weekend. And um, I know when I was a student there, that was a great event. Followed uh, follows the Izone Campa, which I had a great time at. Um, I think Owen, do we do we, first? I think we have a video of Midnight Madness. Yep. Yeah. Are we muted? Midnight Madness should be fun, though. As you see, Coach coming out and uh, look at all the different. What's going to happen this year? I'm, I'm hearing it's going to be going to be strange. Mm. That's what I'm hearing. So mm. we'll see. I see. We'll see what happens. But Midnight Madness is always something that uh, that is uh, an exciting time of the year. Yeah. You know, which really before that led to the, the camp out, right? Yeah, the camp out. There's nothing like the camp out. His own camp out. Did you partake in that when every you were year, Every year I was there. You that did. Was, that was one of the best. That was probably the, the part about college like one of the single recurring events that i miss the most and you would sleep overnight and stay oh, yeah. out there and, and, and coaches would be there too and and yeah how many years in a row did you do it four all four years did you wow. yeah it, Co- coaches that would come on his golf cart when when it was time to dismiss us to leave uh he, he would come over there at 6 a.m with a megaphone saying all right you guys can did go he? home now yeah it was <laughs> it was uh it was cool it's um uh, owen but, did you ever sleep in the zone no because of covid it was because oh, of COVID. Yeah. And the oh, last, now you want to blame I have COVID. credential now. You want to blame COVID now. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. It's because you didn't have the, the, the work ethic, Owen, to, to do it. I didn't because I, I had a credential, so I didn't need mm, to do it. This generation is different. What a flex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this generation is different. You know, do you have that uh, tweet from MSU basketball with the Izone? Yeah, with AJ Hogarden. Yeah. It was awesome. 
Why I'm here, we at the end zone, you know, showing love to the people. You know, they gonna come out and support us every night. They gonna go crazy. We need y'all to go crazy. We looking forward to it. So let's do it. It's why. That is awesome. You talk about a great culture. Yeah. When I was there, we didn't have that. I don't, I don't even know if we had the Breslin when I was there. I don't remember. <laughs> but What was the student section name when you were there? Was it was it Judge Judge Jungle back then or the Breslin? My first couple of years, I believe it was Jenison. Then the Breslin came. I don't, you know, I don't remember. <laughs> wow, that was a long time ago. <laughs> hey, did it have basketball? It was like then? yesterday. Okay? Sure does, yeah. Just because we had leather helmets when we right, played, right? That's different. Black okay. and white film. It was, it was yeah. black and white film. So I mean, it was just you know back in the day, right? right? We're all mm -hmm. listen. Like I said about MSU, we're all temporary, and it is an institution that lives in perpetuity. So anybody who thinks they're bigger than the institution and thinks they're going to outlast the institution is going to be in for a rude awakening. So we're going to leave the night tonight with uh, Owen's MSU Athletic 360 update. Owen, what do you got for us? All right, we got a bunch of stuff today. Hi, everybody. I'm Owen Ozus with Owens 360 MSU Sports Weekly Update. Let's dive right into a lot of winning things for Michigan State going on in other sports. For men's soccer, MSU continued their winning ways, taking down Wisconsin 1-0. Luis Sala scored, and so did Jonathan Stout. He had the assist. Owen Fernandy, he had another shout-out and one Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. Flipping over to women's soccer, Michigan State improves upon its best ever start to conference play, remaining undefeated halfway through the league's regular season slate after taking down number six, Penn State on the road 2-1, and then MSU took down Maryland 4-0 on Sunday. Jordan Wickes, she won Big Ten Co-Offensive Player of the Week honors, as well did Lauren Kozel. She was named Big Ten Goalkeeper of the Week. Over to field hockey, MSU fell to number 24, OSU 2-1 in overtime, and then beat o Ohio 2-1. Merrill Hansen and May Lawler both scoring that one. In volleyball, MSU took down Maryland on Friday, 3-2. Aaliyah Moore had 19 kills. Mm. And then on Sunday, MSU fell to Number 12, Penn State, three sets to one. Finally, over to MSU men's hockey. The hockey regular season gets started on Friday at 7 p.m. against Bowling Green. I and Zach Serdink will be on the call on Big Ten Plus. Until next week, I am Owen Ozust with Owen's 360 MSU Sports Weekly Update. The Night King. Nightingale makes his debut Friday. You're on the call, huh? Yes, I am. Color analyst. Wow. Who wow. We, uh, we're uh, dropping a puck against who? Bowling Green. Bowling uh, Green, yep. Mm -hmm. Wow. Big matchup. You know, it's obviously non-conference, but any win's a win. You want to get the first one out of the way for Adam Nightingale. He's recruiting his tail off right now for Michigan State, and he's looking to change the culture here. At, and, you know, Mun, brand new, I guess renovated place, but it's exciting times. You are know? we serving beer yet there or no? We are not, unfortunately. Not yet. Yeah. Not. You, you got to work on that. Justin yeah. might have to Send make some you. calls. Yeah. <laughs> Justin can make yeah, some but, calls. But the Night King, the <laughs> yeah. Night King, uh, yes, Coach sir. Nightingale making his presence felt. And uh, congratulations to uh, to those women's, uh, some of the women's athletes and being Big Ten Athletes of the Week. And 
Uh, nice win for volleyball. Always Penn State's always tough in volleyball, so mm-hmm. beating Penn State's tough. But we're just going to keep chopping. If it's volleyball, if it's field hockey, if it's football, if it's basketball, we're going to keep chopping. And uh, we thank you, everybody. This is the SD4L Show. I am Brian Mosalem, along with my co-host, Justin Thin. Thank you for joining us tonight. Good night. Go green and God bless. Please close your eyes, turn around, and count to nine. When you open them, I will be gone. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Hey, you hear that? That's what home field sounds like. It's how you know it's time to go for the win. Oh, look at that. What did we just see? Gambet DC is your home field advantage for sports betting. Bet from almost anywhere in DC with an easy to use app and convenient betting locations district wide. Online, in app, or in person. Get the home field advantage with Gambet DC. Must be 18 or older to bet. Please play responsibly.